She is a proud born and raised Honduran. In 2013, along with her husband and their quirky middle-aged Shih Tzu, they moved to Dallas, Texas and made it their home. She's a nutrition consultant and coach devoted to her education and personal development. A PCOS awareness supporter and warrior herself, passionate about coaching on blood sugar stability and stress management as foundations of health and hormone balance, insulin resistance, and prediabetes. She loves helping women improve their self-awareness and become masters or hackers of their own bodies using food and lifestyle. Firecrackers, please welcome Beatriz. Welcome to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. I'm Isabel, your host and founder and firebrand of The Uprising Spark, a digital platform that offers life coaching products and services for modern, independent, child-free women. Our aim is to build a strong female community and to connect empowered women around the globe. I am so happy to have another Latina with me today. Yes, welcome Beatriz to my show. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, thank you. It's really amazing to be here and also sharing Latina background. So definitely, I'm excited. Woohoo, Latina background! I love it. Um, So you were just telling me that you live in Texas. Yes. Uh, Your or your family and you're originally from Honduras. Yes, correct. Yeah. Born and raised, majority Uh, of the time. Yes. Yeah. I love it. I've not, I don't think, no, I've never been to your country, but um, I hear really good things about the food and the people. Mm. It's <laughs> amazing. It's beautiful. It's green. It's mountains. It's beach. It's ev- all of the good stuff. And the people and the food, of course, yes. Yeah, I love it. I really, I, I have it on my bucket list. Don't worry. I'll get there <laughs> at some point. <laughs> good, good, good. Hopefully. Yeah. So um, one of the things that you told me when we were exchanging emails was that uh, you actually weren't child-free before. Like you were actually trying for a baby. So I yes. would love to hear your story about how you um, decided to forego that and, and embrace a child-free lifestyle. Yeah, definitely. And so I'll try to synthesize as best as possible because of course, um, but you know, there's just, the stories are so big, right? But um, yeah, so basically before we've been married for about 12 years and um, the first six years, everything was really good. We didn't even have very many intentions of trying to have a family or to expand our family. And um, it kind of just hit around that moment where some of us women get that little um, biological clock uh, situation and we see people around us, you know, and all that kind of influence. And so it kind of started getting into me and we did try it happened for about three years i did get pregnant about five times actually and i had to actually went through five they were all miscarriages and so during that time it was pretty heavy but by one of the last times i remember thinking that that was just as much as i was willing to endure i didn't think that i was going to be able to just keep going or even giving up myself to just keep going to a point of, you know, just a point of not, not uh, reaching, you know, the possibility of not reaching uh, a child. And uh, we actually decided to stop after the fifth miscarriage. And um, we decided to embrace a life for ourselves 
and create one and just focus on the things that we love. And honestly, it's been almost three years since that time and we haven't really looked back. So we are really loving, we're enjoying our life um, as child-free and we are getting to know more people, you know, just expanding our knowledge and just so many things that especially I can do now. Um, like what? That I, that I, yeah, things that I can do now that I feel kind of expand my horizons and I love to learn. So I'm always learning. I love to, I'm, I'm always looking at this next, you know, program or course that I can take or anything else to kind of expand uh, the things that I like. Um, but I've been focusing a lot on what I want to create for myself in my future, my career, to, so to speak. And uh, that passion for me is uh, nutrition and health and wellness. And so I've been doing a lot of one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching during these last couple of years. But um, now that my life is very focused on the things that I want for myself, I kind of um, just, uh, you know, dig deep. I go deep and I try to help uh, a lot of uh, clients, a lot of situations, you know, just a range of different things around wellness and health, such as, you know, digestion and weight loss and a lot of issues uh, that women face, uh, you know, cycles and, uh, oh my gosh, you know, hormonal. And I do a lot of pre-diabetes and diabetes as well. I am pre-diabetic. Um, and so that's kind of a very important thing to me. So I like digging into that really deep. Um, and I guess basically that's just really kind of what drives my, my passion and my energy. <laughs> that's really interesting. And we're going to circle back to that later. Yeah. Before yeah. I want to ask you, because the thing is, I'm not, I, I've never, I never tried for a baby. And okay. um, the women that I've spoken to who are child free by circumstance in the end, mm -hmm. um, there's the one question that always hovers in my mind. And I know that it's different in every case, but. Uh, so women are trying for a biological child. It doesn't happen for whatever reason. Some of them actually even go through IVF rounds. Mm -hmm. um, what makes, uh, what made you decide not to adopt, for example, or to foster? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So during those last, uh, during those last experiences with the miscarriages, I think all of those questions have already been circling inside our my, my mind, but I drew the line uh, in front of all of them. So for just reasons that I'm not even sure about, but they, I think they're just very personal reasons that can vary from women to woman to woman. It was, for me, it was just a place that I didn't want to go. You know, it, I didn't want to go to the, I, I didn't even go for considering IVF. I didn't even want to consider anything just beyond that. For me, it was kind of like a personal line that I drew that I said, no, if this is going to happen in this way, I, you know, I'm perfectly fine if that just does not happen. I just don't want to go there, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. And how, because then there's like a process of grief mm -hmm. um, because exactly. you have to, yes, I mean, this is something that you want for your life and for whatever reason it didn't happen. How did you, um, how was that process for you? It always interests me because I don't, like I've never actually experienced it, but I, I really want to, yeah. to learn a little bit more about how that was for you specifically. Yeah. Oh, wow. That grief process, that hits you. 
and that hits you while you're going through those experiences and it hits you after and it just keeps coming back you know it doesn't really go away it just kind of transforms into something different but the grief process really interesting and really important to go through and one of the things that i think i learned mostly was to actually allow myself to go through it so just you know whatever had to had to happen either i felt something different and just going through all of that it took me it took me a good year to the first year to two years of really finding things for myself that would allow me to just feel how I felt and, you know, work on myself. I kind of slowed down. I felt like my life was a little bit more calm and I needed to seek that kind of calmness. It's a really interesting process. Um, I do not wish it on anybody because of course, you know, it's not uh, ideal, but going through it and uh, allowing it to come in and go is so important and so powerful so it's definitely an experience well it is necessary i would say necessary especially if you're going from this mindset of i want to have a kid Mm want to have a biological child and then changing that completely into i'm going to embrace my childhood lifestyle Mm -hmm. it's necessary I, i guess to go through that process of grieving it's very interesting because um i was actually there was I got a message not long ago in my inbox and it was this TV station from, I think it was from Dallas actually. Okay. Um, or Austin. I don't remember somewhere in Texas. And they were, and they were like, Oh, would you like to um, participate? We have like this video for childless week. And I know that many people use the word childless and child free interchangeably, even yes. though it doesn't mean the same thing. So I was yes. like, yeah, sure. I would love to participate. And they're like, Oh, here. And they sent me the video. And the video is women who are actually child-free by circumstance. So they're child mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can't relate to that because it's not my experience. Yeah. So, but the one, the one thing that I kept seeing, because I did watch the video, I, I find it very interesting. And I like learning about other people's paths and just, mm-hmm. you know, their, their story. That's why I do this podcast as well. Uh, (laughs) The one thing I found interesting was that the, the, the grief period just kept repeating and coming on. And I think it's very, um, yeah, I mean, of course it depends on the woman, how, how difficult or easy it is for them to actually go through it, but to come out of it, it's, it's, it's quite an experience. I understand. Yeah, it is coming out of it. And then also, I guess having, just taking this decision of whether this is just what I like now. And uh, I, you know, in, in my case, this is just what I like now. I, 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 I don't think I could even go back to even considering that. So it's interesting what you told me about using both words. And I guess that I sometimes even wonder if I kind of lie in this, you know, spectrum of in between of something because for one reason I was, you know, I was childless by circumstance due to this not happening naturally. Um, but even though I could keep going, um, if, if I can say, you know, if, if that makes any sense, I, I guess I could keep going that route and trying and it. Maybe someday it might've happened if I would have kept going, but I decided I didn't want that anymore. 
and I was happy with creating this new life. And yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting because those two words, you know, just, I think there's just so much in between also yeah. between circumstances and people going through so many different things and decisions and reasons. Absolutely. There's a gray area right there. I yeah. agree with you. And, but you know how, you know, human beings, we love labeling things. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> just yeah. Put a name on it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm like, you know, I, I'm just, I don't have kids and I don't want to have kids. So that's, that's kind of where I stand. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, in, in, in like terminology that is used in the community, um, yeah. there is that great area. And you're right. I mean, because in the end, you could have chosen to carry on with IVF or just trying the natural method mm -hmm. or even fostering or adopting. Yeah. Of and, and, and because you made the choice not to then yes, that would, you know, mean that you're child free by choice because you chose to stop. Yeah, so that's that's yeah. an interesting conversation to have mm -hmm. the, the whole terminology. But um, so I, I have a question about your husband. Is he also Latino? Yes, he is. We both okay. are. Well, we're both from Honduras. Okay. So, mm -hmm. so because we were, you know, Latino culture is quite... Mm -hmm conservative is very close-minded um very parenthood oriented in a way where there's no other choice exactly yeah or option and it is something that i would say um it's very strong in in most like it's very strong in most countries but it's i feel it's stronger i don't know for what reason i feel it's stronger to be in like central american countries mm -hmm. for some reason <laughs> so i wanted to ask you you know because The thing about in Colombia, for example, if uh -huh. a woman is trying to have a child and she doesn't succeed, um, some people would say, oh, she failed as a woman, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I just, I'm curious about what your family and your friends and your acquaintances and people in Honduras uh, have told you or have said to you, and, and not only about the miscarriages, but also about you just saying, you know what, I just decided to have new children. Yeah. And that's an amazing question. I've actually wanted for somebody ever in my life to ask me something like a question like that, because yes, um, it's a small Central American country, right? We're a really small, tight society and culture. And it thrives, you know, it, it revolves around family and parenthood, motherhood, and women are valued and seen in that way. Like it's, you're a mother and that's what you have to be and do. And there's no other way because if, if, if you're not a mother, that means there's a problem, you know, it's, a, it becomes more a shame or a pity situation where oh no, there had to be this problem, but there's no option they give you or that you as a woman can take as in choosing an alternative. And so, yes, as far as family and friends, my family support me, at least, you know, my very immediate family, which is, I guess, the most, the most important part of my family, my immediate one, and uh, my friends, my close friends support it. Um, Not all of them have children at this point either. So a lot of them are perfectly fine. But if you start going outside of those circles, then you start getting those reactions as in, um, but, uh, but why? Oh, but, but that, but next year, don't worry. Or, or you know, 
you, you always get that, oh, oh, don't worry, it, it, it'll, it'll happen, just, you know, just keep trying, or anything related, or, oh, no, but you're young, or, you know, any of those comments that we've all heard before, and I'm sure you have as well, um, they're just always there, especially with people that are not near to me, especially with people that yeah. are, you know, outside of my immediate circles. That's where you start hearing those but yeah, it's a culture that revolves so much around the woman and also, unfortunately, the woman as the um, care, you know, the carer and the taker of the house and the, the person that has to perform these responsibilities with the children and the house and probably not even working. It's so, you know, there we go. We, we start coming down from that into this point of, oh, you're not going to have kids. You, you don't want to try that anymore. What does that even mean? I don't understand that. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of people don't understand that. <laughs> no, they don't because they didn't, have, they didn't know they had a choice. Exactly. They didn't know they had a choice, yes. Especially older generations. And, and like you said, women before in Latin America in general were, were raised to, you know, get married, have children and stay at mm -hmm. home in the kitchen while they belong. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's where you belong in the kitchen, raising yeah. kids. Uh, but the, the thing is, I think that this is true for most cultures, but nowadays yeah. it's still going very strong in Latin America. Yes. It's still that idea. It's very sexist, mm -hmm. very sexist. Yes. And it's, there's still that idea that a woman who wants to pursue a career Mm -hmm. And for that reason, or whatever other reason, it doesn't matter, doesn't want to have kids, is, is like an evil thing, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, why? You're so heartless. What mm -hmm. is wrong with you? Yeah. Uh, I've heard people here, and this is something that I don't know, maybe this happens in Honduras as well, but when they see a strong, like a strong woman mm -hmm. who's been building her career, who's like, very assertive in the way that she communicates and she doesn't want to have children. Maybe she's not even married. Mm -hmm. uh, they call her a lesbian. Like, like that's an insult. You know? Oh yeah. Like you're a lesbian. That's, that's, they think there's, that's an insult. It's not an insult, you know, but, yeah. but in, in Latin American macho mind, it is. Yeah. Thank you for, thank you for bringing that word out because I, I didn't want to mention it. Um, but that is a reality. So the, the machismo, right, that we call it, you know, the machismo mentality, which is the man is the, you know, provider of the home and the woman takes care of the kids. And so that turns into that's what women do, right? And other than that, it doesn't exist. And like you said, it is prevalent in every culture, I guess. So it, it is true that the child-free, you know, women are um, questioned, you know, it does happen everywhere. But Yes, Latin American culture is really, really tight in that sense. And it's still really, um, I, I guess, a setback in a lot of ways. You know, it's still thinking the way maybe a couple of generations ago were, you know, the mindset is still there. So we can see that very heavily. Yeah, absolutely. So if you don't have kids, it's because there's something wrong with you. Basically, that, that's, that's probably the only reason that person can think at that moment, there, there's, there's something wrong. You have to go find what it is because you need to have your kid, right? So that's not possible. <laughs>
You're listening to The Honest Upward, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. After you decided that you wanted to embrace a child-free lifestyle, and now that you've been like reveling living in it so happily for the past years, <laughs> what is the one thing that you wouldn't trade for anything in the world that can only be done or experienced as a child-free person? I think I, I think that I think about that almost on a daily basis because my sister, she has a toddler and so I'm very close to her and I can see um, her life. You know, I, I can see this life with, with, with your extended family and something that I've always told my husband and I still do to this time is that I love my independence. I love my time. I love um, the things that I can, I can decide for myself that I want to do. And if I want to invest my effort or my energy into something, I'm not having to think about how this will impact, you know, my home life or my daughter or my son, you know, I don't have to think about that. It basically just has to impact me or in any case, have the support of my husband in, uh, in that sense. But I don't really have to think about any of that. And I really love that. <laughs> I really, really like all the options that I have. And like I mentioned, she and I are really close. And I appreciate so much of that effort that goes in, you know, to raising this child. Um, she's an amazing mother. But, but I like what I have. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I, I, I do not think that I want, you know, I don't at all. So I really enjoy all the time. And do you, are you like an active auntie for your <laughs> niece or nephew? I like to say that I am because um, I'm, I've been fortunate to be involved with her uh, growing up uh, these last few months of the uh, quarantines and everything she's been in my house. So I've, gotten to see her grow up and it's amazing to see it from an aunt's point of view you know so it's amazing to see it from my point of view which which what's happening with her and just living everything that's happening with her and at the end of the day I also like knowing that I get to go you know and just go to sleep or do something that I want to do and that I have absolutely nothing that I have to do at that at that time with her um, so yeah. I guess I, I get to spend that quality, amazing time. You just give it back to her parents. Like, <laughs> here you go. Bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yes. And so I'm like, I'll close my door. Okay. I need some me time right now. I'm going to go and just do whatever. So, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the, I mean, I don't have, I'm a, I don't have any nieces or nephews. I, I have a sister and I, she wants kids, but it hasn't happened yet. I don't know. Yeah. She, she's not very concerned about it either. She's not like, I need to have kids now. But yeah. if it happens, mm -hmm. then I'll be like crazy about that kid. Like I know that. Yes. But the good you, thing you is I will be. <laughs> yeah, but the great thing is I always think I can always take the kid and be like, here you go to my sister. Take the kid back. I need to go and like have some rest or do whatever. Yeah. That's, that's really cool to be, you know, yeah be able to to be part of a child because this is another thing about the child-free community many people think that everyone who's child-free absolutely hates kids 
and that's yes, not true. I know. No, that isn't. Have you gotten that comment? Has anybody bingoed you like that? Like, oh, you hate. I think. I think I haven't got personally, personally, I haven't gotten that comment. I've seen it thrown, you know, thrown at women that are child-free. I've seen that comment and I've seen people look at you in a weird way. If you tell them you don't want kids because that's what they'll probably assume. Um, but that's just not true. And I'm sure there are, you know, as, as we all, as human beings are different, I'm sure everybody's different, but there, we, we aren't all that way. You know, I, I, I was a preschool teacher at one point and I really loved my time with the kids. I love my niece. I love hanging out with her. So no, 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 definitely not true. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Right. So let's talk a little bit about what you're doing now. Then I wanted to like bring that back up now because yeah. I think it's really interesting um, to hear more about. So first of all, are your clients all women or do you also have men in your client's roster? Yeah. So it's been interesting because the past couple of years that I've been doing more of a one-on-one -on -one, uh, client uh, support, it's been both men and women. And at this point in time, I am still, I, I am actually um, working in health coaching for diabetes, for diabetic patients or clients, and they are men and women. But my focus, um, my focus from like a more important perspective is for women. And the reason for that is because I am a lot more in tune with that situation, of course, right? So not only being a woman, but that's what I've been studying a lot more. And so it, you know, there's just so much more involved in women, hormones and all this. So that's kind of my specialty area, as far as you would say, men or women, it would be women. And um, at this point, I'm creating a program for women. And what I'm trying to do is empower women a little bit more with self-awareness, um, more knowledge tools. A lot of women tell me that there's a lot of noise and overwhelm out there. Sometimes you want to do something or make a, make a change, but you just don't even know where to start. And so a lot of women have had this, this kind of comment. And so I'm trying to like bridge that gap between this overwhelm outside and taking action to something that women want to do. And, you know, health and just wellness and nutrition and all of this have, have so many dimensions. It's not just food. It's a, what we do. It's how we move. It's how we sleep. It's, you know, our interactions, people and everything. And uh, I'm just trying to create a space where I can have a little group setting with women and uh, we can try and go through steps, you know, through action steps to try and improve, I guess, lifestyle and nutrition and, oh my gosh, immunity right now with all of this global situation, our immune yeah. systems and everything. It's so important. So it's like having a, like a support group in a way. That's exactly. So it would be uh, kind of like a six to eight week situation or, or, you know, a six to eight week uh, step by step. And uh, the purpose of it is to, um, gather a small group of women that want to learn more definitely not only about themselves but the things that they can like the small steps that they can take and create to I guess fundamental habits of lifestyle and nutrition that impact your health in a way or another and kind of grouping things that exist out there that sometimes might be too big kind of grouping them and putting them together in I guess one small package or a big package if you see it 
throughout the weeks and uh, basically try and help uh, us women. And I am focused on child-free women or, you know, women without children. Let's, you know, let's broaden that, <laughs> those, uh, those concepts. But yeah, basically women without children. I know that we are working more on committing to goals. You know, we, we, we might have a little bit more time for ourselves. We might be more willing to just invest that energy and effort in ourselves. So yeah, definitely. And you know, so many things that can be helped with uh, learning more about yourself and trying to implement better and new nutrition and lifestyle habits. And oh my gosh, everything from, you know, weight, if that's an issue, um, anything from just imbalances, you know, so our, our hormones and our cycle, everything is just impacted by what we're doing. And what so, we're eating. <laughs> what we're eating. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right now, right? Oh my God. I was actually talking to my, I have a, a personal trainer. I was talking to him this morning because I told him, I feel like for, we were here on mandatory quarantine since mid-March, if I remember well. Mm -hmm. And for the first three or four months, I was completely like, I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't doing any exercise. Yeah. I was just at home doing, you know, working from home and yeah. I couldn't go out. You couldn't, it was just, and I, 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 I don't really cook to be honest. I was just like <laughs> ordering delivery all the time and yeah. it was a mess. And I felt really bad because my body reacts to those changes of, of lifestyle yeah. very like strongly. Mm -hmm. um, but now I'm, I'm getting back on track. Um, because I think it's important, like you said, I mean, it's, it's about balance. It's about finding the balance mm -hmm. between, uh, taking care of your body, taking care of your mind, uh, exercising is super important, but I wanted to ask you, why did you d decide to get into this specific, um, subject like this, like specifically wellness and nutrition? And is there something that appealed, what is it that appealed to you about that specifically? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Uh, and it does have an origin. I So this is September, which is PCOS Awareness Month. And a lot of women have PCOS, myself included. Me too. And if, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Yes. Okay. You understand and you hear me. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. expect that. That's That's interesting. Okay. So there we go. We have two of us, right? And in my case, I have the kind of PCOS that takes you very quickly to being pre-diabetic you know, or taking you through those routes of high blood sugars and pre-diabetes and diabetes eventually. And so I've been pre-diabetic at one point or another in my life, and I have used um, nutrition, you know, and lifestyle habits and changes and exercise and sleep and stress management and all of this to improve myself and to take me to a point where I feel I thrive, you know, which thriving with PCOS is, is tough because it's awesome. not, it's not a completely like you never, you're never off that bandwagon really. But I guess that's what gave me that introduction into wanting to, it just created in me a sense of going further and going further. I've always liked um, this field, especially I've always liked the nutrition field and I've just gotten into it so much more throughout the last couple of years. That's really interesting. And I think you're the first guest that mentions PCOS. Um, and this is something that many people don't know and that there are different types of PCOS. Mm -hmm. 
oh my gosh it's so <laughs> complex it's so complex it's it's the metabolism together with your endocrine system which are your hormones and so you know the name says uh, polycystic ovary syndrome but it's nothing even in the ovary actually and uh, people are trying to get that name changed because it's not in the ovary it's just systemic you know so it's something that happens in your system mm-hmm. and uh, so many people have you can have two women with completely different symptoms and completely different types of uh, PCOS with completely different origins. And I'm not saying there are tons of origins and types. There are a certain amount, but they are different. They can definitely vary from person to person. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. And you know, the pre-diabetic thing, my dad's a diabetic and I have had to take metformin, but because of my PCOS. Mm. So okay. there's this resistance, a resistance to insulin. Yes, insulin resistance right here. Yes, pre-diabetes. Yeah, yes. Oh, so, so I am pre-diabetic. I am actually pre-diabetic. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I, I'm not. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's not one, like one doesn't equal the other, but there's that inclination. Yeah, that. yeah, there, there must be a relation. Of course, I mean, I, yeah. I, I would guess that everyone who's pre, not everyone, but most people who are pre-diabetic have insulin resistance, but not everyone who has insulin resistance is pre-diabetic yeah. that, that way. It, yeah, insulin resistance is a very early stage and you can tell, you can start seeing insulin resistance earlier than what somebody or what a practitioner or a doctor would tell you that you're pre-diabetic. And so it kind of starts in that way, you know what I mean? And then you start going a little bit further and further in. So yeah, but I, you know, insulin resistance, you say it right now, and I have such a hard time finding somebody that actually used that term with me. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I know. I know the term I've been, I was diagnosed, diagnosed with PCOS when I was very young. And the one thing that, I mean, I think that the one thing that it causes to most women is, um, you know, fat gain and acne and mm-hmm. Just the things that women don't want to have in exactly body that that are really horrible. I used to have just horrible acne on my on my forehead and my chin, and it was the cystic type. You know that is just it's painful and it's really embarrassing. And if you're a teenager or a young adult, you do not want to you know you do not want to be seen that way. Yeah, and that I had yeah definitely and a lot of weight issues. I've always struggled with weight. That's that's kind of my those are my sides of my PCOS. Yeah, I mean it is it is not a fun uh, condition to have definitely, mm-hmm. but I think it's a lot more um, common than most people think. Yes, yes. So they say it's about one in ten. And a lot of practitioners believe that it's actually a higher percentage because it go it can really go undiagnosed for years, and it can go underdiagnosed um, or misdiagnosed, which means that they can, you know they tell you it's something different. And a lot of women might not even have so many of these symptoms, as well as other women tend to see these symptoms a lot stronger if they try to conceive because mm-hmm. it does affect fertility, you know? So a lot of women might not even have been able to see that before and they were seeing it at that time. And so, you know, there's a, a very broad range of ages where it might not be correctly detected. Yeah. So it can be higher. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I hope that everyone who's listening to this podcast who has a uterus 
goes mm. to see their OBGYN on a regular mm. basis, as we should. Um, because that, I mean, the reproductive system is just such a bitch, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> it is. It is, unfortunately. But you know what? It's our powerhouse. And oh, that's, yeah. that's really unbelievable. But it's our powerhouse. And we weren't taught in school a lot about our cycles. We weren't taught about how our period works and why it works that way. And there are so many reasons to it that when you, I guess when you kind of see them in that way, I remember thinking, ooh, this is cool. Okay. I didn't know that I had all this amazing stuff inside me, but I don't like you when you come. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Oh my God. Well, it's been such, it's been, it's been so fun to have you in my show. Thank you. Thank you so much. I wanted to ask you uh, if people want to look up your courses, where should they go? Yeah. So I will be doing some updates. Um, I have, I have my coaching. um, So I'll go with the Instagram just because I'm doing some changes and that might be the most reliable way to keep it for a while which is um, B-E-A, my first three letters of my name, Bea, B-E-A, and then my last name, Savala, and then Coach. So it's Bea, Savala, Coach in Instagram. That's where I'm keeping a lot of my coaching situation and all the updates that I'm going to be doing at this time. And I have another one for my child-free and child-less situations. And that one's called Waves and Blue Skies. And so I kind of come and go with different things over here and there. That's great. I'm going to link you guys, my firecrackers listening to this episode, I'm going to link Beatrice's uh, Instagram accounts below. Um, Well, Beatrice, before I let you go, I always ask this to all of my guests. Is there anything that you would like to add to your interview? Anything at all? Oh my gosh. Um, You know, now that we were mentioning PCOS and if, if that's a situation or a reality for women, I would so encourage um, women to seek uh, more holistic approaches and try and find um, somebody to help them, you know, get rid of these awful symptoms that sometimes come and go. And like you said about our hormones and our cycle, that it's a bitch. (laughs) It is a bitch. Um, But, you know, it's, it's our fabulous bitch. So, you know, I encourage some learning and educating for us women and you know i can help you with that uh i love to talk about that and uh, i love to talk about how our hormones give us you know this energy at given points of our month and how it actually helps us in everything just the way we lead life so yeah let's talk about the bitch yeah (laughs) i love that all right well thank you so much for being here and um you know it was a pleasure having you yeah thank you likewise thank you Thank you for listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. We hope you tune in next week for our newest episode. And since we love hanging out with you, please be sure to follow us on social media at The Honest Uproar and visit our website at thehonestuproar.com. If you like what you heard, feel free to share with your fierce, child-free firecracker friends. Until next time, Continue fueling your inner fire.